All right, my phone says it's uh, time to get started here. So good morning, everybody. Glad you, everybody was able to have some snacks and some time to hang out with each other and share God's goodness with each other. Welcome to Palm Sunday. It's one of the special times of the year right now where we're observing the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I, um, for me, um, I remember growing up as a kid, uh, I've mentioned before, we grew up Catholic and like each year you would get this little palm and you'd stick it in your, I had a little children's Bible and you'd stick it in your Bible and you keep it there all year. And then for Ash Wednesday, the following year, they would burn them. And that's what they used for the ashes to put on your, on your forehead. And, but I just remember like getting the palm and being like, why are they giving me weeds in the middle of church? Like, what, why, why, like, who's picking these weeds and handing them out? What's the purpose of this? And, um, but like, it, it stuck with me having that. And so, um, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about that this morning as to why, why they do palms and what it's about and kind of what the, the thought process is. And it's actually, um, not the palms themselves, but, Christ's entry into Jerusalem as part of prophecy. Um, and he was fulfilling that when he rode in on the cult. Um, so let's go ahead and pray. And I've got a couple of announcements, and then we're going to get started. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this morning, Lord God. We thank you that you are with us, that you care for us, that you are a good and gracious God. Jesus, that you love us so much. Father God, that you think so highly of us that you sent your son to die for us. And Lord, we are forever a grateful people for what Jesus did on the cross. Lord, we will forever be grateful for that. And so Lord, I just pray this morning as we go through scripture, as we enter into worship, Lord, Lord God, um, just that you would meet us here. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come, Holy Spirit, and, and be with us, teaching us, guiding us, directing us, those areas of our lives where we need to um, kind of take a look at, Lord God. Lord, I pray that we would uh, be open to you um, in sharing our hearts with you, Lord God, that you would take our hearts, Lord Jesus, um, and that you would heal them, Lord God. Because, Lord, each and every one of us has brokenness in our lives in various different places, Lord God, that only you can heal. And so, Lord, would you do that this morning, Jesus? Amen. So, a couple of announcements. We've got Easter coming up next week. I can't believe it's next week. That's insane. Um, if you are looking at helping out our kids' ministry, there's a little basket over there. They're going to do a bunch of fun stuff for the kids that morning. We'll have food and such. Um, they're just, yeah, they're going to make it a special day for our kiddos. So uh, this is also on the website. If you go to yakimavineyard.com, all of our announcements that we share on Sunday morning are also on the website. So if you're ever wondering about something like men's breakfast or if you're wondering about Easter or coming up this Friday, we're having a Good Friday service. I would encourage anybody who has the ability to come at 6.30 this coming Friday. 
I would encourage you to do so. Um, I just really have, I don't know, I have a sense from the Lord that he's just going to meet us here and contemplating the death of Jesus, which was the, the central point at which our salvation came, is just so important. It's so important to engage with what Christ did for us and what Jesus did for us on the cross and why we needed that why we needed for him to be that sacrifice for us. And it's just so important. Um, and Good Friday is just a really good time to come and contemplate and, and really just seek Jesus and who Jesus is. So it's Palm Sunday. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, it was a time of celebration. People cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They laid palms in front of him. They were excited because the Messiah had come. It was good news. Jesus was good news to them that prophecy was finally being fulfilled right there in front of them and in their presence. It was good news that Jesus came to heal them. They, they knew about Messiah. Every Jewish person understood and knew who Messiah was what he was going to do, what Jesus was coming for. They all knew that. And they believed this man coming in on this colt, this donkey, was the Messiah, and that he was going to change things. Little did they realize just how much Jesus was going to actually change things. Jesus changed the world in amazing and in incredible ways. What Jesus did on the cross for us, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us is just astounding. I mean, it's, it's something that has never happened before or since. And the fact that one man coming in on this humble donkey could change the world in the way he did is only the kingdom of God breaking in. It, it only God could do something so miraculous, starting it with just that one man. So Christians all around the world today are celebrating Palm Sunday. They put this, these palms in front of them, and the reason we call it that is because they were laying these palms on the ground as the colt was walking over them. Because think, here's how I think about it. I think about it as an ancient red carpet, like they have at the Oscars or something, like the red carpet, thankfully no one was slapping anybody at this time, but the red carpet, these palms were being laid out for Jesus, and the cult was walking on these palms so that its feet wouldn't even touch the ground. They didn't even want the donkey's hooves to touch the ground, much less Jesus, like they were giving him that kind of honor. So they were, they were rolling out the palm carpet. They were rolling out the red carpet for the Messiah. Those people who were greeting him that day were convinced that he was Messiah, that he was the anointed one sent by God to establish God's kingdom here on earth. And they had been waiting for this forever. They had been waiting for Messiah since they first heard about him for, through the prophets, through the Old Testament prophets. Matter of fact, I'm going to read this later, but the fact that he rode in on the donkey was prophesied hundreds of years before it ever happened. 
Jesus, over and over, if you ever want to do something fun, and I encourage you to do this on your own, it would take way too long on a Sunday morning. But if you ever want to do something really cool, go through the Old Testament and look and find each prophecy that the coming of Jesus fulfilled. And there is prophecy after prophecy after prophecy from hundreds of years prior to Jesus actually showing up that his coming fulfilled, where he was born, the donkey he rode in on, how he died, were all prophesied before Jesus even showed up on the scene. And that's incredible. And that's the kingdom of God because actually uh, my friend um, Jimmy and I were talking a little bit before service. It, you could, it would be like a small home group kind of conversation we would have to have. But, but God existing outside of linear time. Like, God exists outside of the minute-to-minute, hour-by-hour, day-by-day time. And so at the same moment that he's creating Adam and Eve is the same moment that he's looking at us now because he exists outside of linear time. Isn't that, I mean, that's an omniscient, omnipotent, I mean, that's a God that you can serve, right? That's a God that... It's hard for our brains, our little ant brains, to even wrap our head around, right? Because God's just that amazing and powerful and big. And so God knew. God knew what was going to happen to Jesus. When Jesus was sent on his assignment from heaven, they knew what was going to happen ultimately with Jesus. And Jesus went to the cross anyway. He went to the cross anyway. And that's so incredible. This must have been a pretty dramatic sight, right? All these people crying out, worshiping, praising, laying these palms on the ground, saying, Messiah, Hosanna, the king has come, Messiah is here. They're all joyfully praising God because finally their long time was wait and wait was over. Now, Jesus didn't do all the things they thought he was going to do. How many people have ever experienced that in your own life? Like, I thought Jesus was going to do this this way. When I prayed this thing, I thought he was going to answer it like this. And he didn't do that. (laughs) It, like, wasn't even close. Like, Jesus answered it because he knew what I needed much better than I knew what I needed. And so Jesus, coming as Messiah, got answered in a different way than they actually expected. So here's the prophecy. It's in Zechariah 9.9. Your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. See, as you read in various mythologies around the world or created gods or gods that various different cultures have come up with. Most of them don't talk about how humble their God is. Most of them don't expound on how simple their God might be or how unassuming. It says that in Scripture that Jesus was a man of no particular countenance. Like he... He, he wasn't Brad Pitt, you know, he didn't, he wasn't one of the Chris's from the Avengers movies, you know, he, he didn't have that look, whatever that look might be. Um, you know, it says in scripture, he looked 
kind of like a normal, fairly plain dude. Probably like me, but not overweight, because, you know, he walked a lot. A lot more than me. Um, but like Jesus, you know, that, that it said that he wasn't particularly handsome. He wasn't particularly noticeable. Because what he was bringing wasn't his appearance. What he was bringing wasn't about him. What he was bringing was the kingdom of God. Jesus always talked about the kingdom of God here, now, today, breaking in and changing our world. That's what was important to Jesus. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about him. He was bringing, he said, I don't do anything of my own will. I do that which the Father commands me. He was submitted to Father God. He did what God told him to do. He listened for the Lord, and he responded in the affirmative. He gave God his yes over and over and over again. I want to read to you Luke 19, 28 through 40, so we can see what this passage says. And it says this. After saying this, Jesus headed straight for Jerusalem. When he arrived at the stables of Aniah near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead saying, when you enter the next village, you will find tethered there a donkey's young colt that has never been ridden. I love how the Holy Spirit was already speaking to Jesus and working through him. I mean, he was God as well. It's, he was both divine and man, but the Holy Spirit, which we know through scripture, like was with him when he was baptized, was speaking to him and told him exactly where this cult would be so that he could tell his disciples. And notice that in the scripture, it says that they, he sent them ahead. So it wasn't that they passed by this cult <laughs> and he saw it there. He knew through the power of God that that cult was going to be there. And he sent his disciples to go and get it. While they were untying the colt, the owners approached them and asked, what are you doing? The disciples replied, we need this donkey for the Lord of all. I bet that has never been spoken before or since. We need this donkey for God. The disciples replied, we need this donkey for the Lord of all. They brought the colt to Jesus. Then they placed the prayer shawls on its back. Jesus rode it as he descended from the Mount of Olives towards Jerusalem. As he rode along, people spontaneously threw their prayer shawls and palms in the path in front of him like a carpet. When he got to the bottom of the Mount of Olives, the crowds of his worshipers shouted with a loud outburst of ecstatic joy over all the mighty wonders of power they had witnessed. They shouted over and over, highest praise to God. For the one who comes as king in the name of the Lord, heaven's peace and glory from the highest realm now comes to us. Some Jewish religious leaders who stood off from the procession said to Jesus, Teacher, you must order your followers at once to stop saying these things. Jesus responded to them, Listen to me. If my followers were silenced, the very stones would break forth with praises. Nothing was going to stop that praise and that glory of Jesus. Nothing was going to stop 
God from being worshipped. Nothing was going to stop it. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Even those who weren't part of that welcoming crowd, days later, Jesus was teaching through the synagogues and the temples, Jesus was teaching, and they were coming and listening to him. You know, like, when something really exciting is happening and, like, people just start showing up? Like, God's moving, God's doing something, or, or there's, like, a really cool band. Like, let's say you 2 was going to come and play here in the Yakima Vineyard. People would probably show up, right? Because Bono, you know. And, like, like, that would happen, right? There would be buzz around that. Like, it, like beforehand, people would be talking about it. They'd be like, hey, did you hear Bono? Like, you 2 is going to be in the house. Like, we got to show up. And so Jesus had that same kind of thing. Like, people were praising and worshiping him. They were throwing down their shawls and palms. They were making a way for him. There was this huge celebration. So people wanted to know, hey, this is a little bit, like, not normal. What's going on? We, we need to be a part of this. We need to investigate this. And so even people who weren't part of that crowd were showing up, it says in Scripture. But not everyone in Jerusalem, Scripture tells us, welcomed him. Because the very next verse says that the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? But many turned against Jesus and demanded his death. In Matthew 27, it says, what shall I do then with Jesus, says Pontius Pilate? What then shall I do with this Jesus who is called Christ? They all answered, crucify him. Triumphant entry. Everybody worshiping and praising him, laying down the shawls, laying down the palms, riding in on a colt, Hosanna in the highest, and then soon after, crucify, kill him. He's too dangerous. Jesus is too subversive. Jesus is too much of a rabble rouser, and he's still doing that stuff today. He's still stirring stuff up today. See, part of this was the Jewish people believed that Messiah was going to come and overthrow Rome. His disciples believed this, that Jesus was going to come and overthrow Rome and set up a new earthly kingdom with the Jewish people at its head. Like, we're going to be the ones in charge. We're not going to be the ones who are getting beat down and oppressed and thrown out anymore. We're, we're going to be the ones who are in power. Jesus is going to show up and he's going to kick tail and he's going to make stuff happen and then we're not going to be oppressed anymore. But Jesus refused to do that. That's not what he was here for. He was here for bigger fish. He was here for bigger game. He had a more important mission to accomplish than some transitory, temporary political system. Because the kingdom of God is forever. Jesus is king then, now, and tomorrow. Jesus is king forever. That's a much bigger thing than some current, temporary, whatever. You know, there are lots of people throughout history who thought that they were big stuff, and every one of them stayed dead. 
Jesus didn't because his kingdom is eternal. And so, you know, that threw a few people. He wasn't actually here for that. He instead came to change hearts. He came to save us from our sin by his death and his resurrection. He declared during that last week, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my, stu- my, my servants would fight. It's not that they weren't willing. And Jesus knew Jesus could have commanded a human army. He could have. He could have raised up an army to make Rome look silly. And Rome reached, you know, all the way from Italy to, you know, Ireland. I mean, they went everywhere, right? I mean, Rome, if you look at ancient um, maps of Pax Romana, which was Rome ascendant, the Pax Romana, which was their philosophy that Rome must be ascendant. If you look at the ancient maps of Pax Romana, they covered a huge part of the area of the world they were in, and they weren't done. They were starting to work their way east into Mongolia and other places. I mean, their concept was that at some point, their emperor, God, king, because for them, emperor was both God and king, their emperor, God, king, was supposed to rule the world, Pax Romana. Like, that was their ultimate mission. Little did they know that there would actually be someone who was king over the whole world. He was born in a stable and rode in on a donkey. It's just a different kind of king. And so as Jesus said, my kingdom is not a kingdom of this world. My kingdom is from another place. Guys, that's huge. Because you and I, If you've chosen to follow Jesus, we're part of that kingdom. And that's a kingdom that's eternal. And that's a kingdom that is forever. And that's a kingdom that doesn't end. America will cease to be a superpower one day, just as Rome will, did, was, right? China will not be an economic powerhouse at some point in in the future. You know, things, things change, right? Politics, economics, military power. We're seeing right now how Russia's getting their teeth kicked in by a tiny little country, right? Like, and they were like the big bear that I had to hide under my desk for, as a kid because they were going to nuke us, right? With Gorbachev. And they all fade. They all go away. Solomon talks about how we start as dust and we end as dust. But if you're a follower of Jesus, if you have accepted Christ's sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins, you are part of a kingdom that shall never end. Hosanna in the highest. Glory to God. Because this ends. We get to live forever with Christ in his kingdom. And it's not, I want to say this correctly. A lot of times in our walk with the Lord, we focus on just getting to heaven, right? Like that's the end goal. 
And scripture's not super clear on what it's going to be like, other than it's going to be good. But it's not like, you know, it's lacking details. <laughs> um, and a lot of people get hung up on that, stuck on that. Like, if I can just get to heaven. I remember um, Wayne Purdom, one of our, our uh, pastors prior, when Chris and I first started coming here about 20 years ago or so, he used to always say this thing. It's about more than just getting a barcode on your butt and getting scanned into heaven. I thought it was a great illustration. Uh, it's st it stuck with me some 20 years later, right? Um, but, like, it's about more than that. Our walk with Jesus is a relationship. It's not just, like, here's my goal. I want to achieve that goal of getting to heaven. It's about a relationship with God. It's like, you know, if you're in a relationship with anyone, it's about more than just, okay, yay, we're, you know, now we're dating or we're married or we're hanging out, or I held somebody's hand. Like, it's like it's more than that, right? It's it's sharing life together. All good relationships are about sharing life together. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's really hard. And our relationship with Jesus mirrors that. Sometimes in our walk with Christ, things are really good, and it just you know you're just in, you're in the presence of God, and you're basking in the presence of God, and you can sense the Holy Spirit moving in you and through you and with you, and, and you just know God's with you. And then there's other times I was actually reading last night because I was trying to help my um, mother-in-law find a quote for this book she's working on. And I was, so I was going through uh, C.S. Lewis's observations on grief after the loss of his wife, Joy. And I was reading through these. And he reached this point in his faith where he was like, I know God is good, and I believe that God is good because I've read that in Scripture, and I've known that in my own life. However, in this moment and in this time that I am in, I find myself questioning the goodness of God because everything hurts so much all the time. And that's real talk. And I'm sure all of us have been in that place where it's like, God, I... I know, like, I know in my heart you're good, and I know in my head that you're good, but I'm not feeling it. And the beauty of the Lord is that he's there with us even when we question him. He's there with us even when we don't, we're not feeling it. Jesus is there for you and with you and putting his arm around you and showering you with his grace and his mercy and his love even when you're not acknowledging him. Even when you're not recognizing his goodness, he's still there showering it on you. And no other God does that. That's unique to Jesus. As I was talking earlier about the other gods that people have created and have made up and crafted for themselves, humanity exists to serve them, right? Their whole purpose is to make the gods happy, to make the gods well, to offer the gods sacrifices. And Jesus in scripture says, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. 
that's a God worth following. It says also in Scripture, it's not that we first loved him, but that he first loved us. And even in the midst of our sin and our brokenness, he died for us. No other God does that. Only Jesus. It's the only one you're going to find. That's why for me, for my house, there are all kinds of different faith systems and religions and different spiritual practices one can pursue, but the only one that's worthy is following Jesus. He's it. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And over and over, he shows himself worthy of being followed. He shows himself worthy over and over. See, Jesus not setting up a kingdom here on earth, he, he deeply disappointed a lot of those who hoped he was going to overthrow Rome. They also might not have liked this whole demand that he made that they needed to repent of their sins. Nobody likes to be told that you're doing it wrong, right? Like, have you ever been working on something? My, I'm going to tell a little story. It's not bad. But my wife often tells about how as a, as a young girl, she would, like, was to vacuum, to vacuum the house. And so she'd vacuum and she'd clean, and, and then her mom would come in afterwards and re-vacuum. Nobody likes being told that you're doing it wrong, <laughs> right? But the truth is, Scripture tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? All of y'all. Hey, guys, we're in good company. We all done messed up, right? <laughs> so if, you, if you're feeling, like, bad and guilty and you're wrestling with shame and all that kind of other stuff that we all wrestle with, all of us wrestle with, Good news, it's not just you. <laughs> We're all messed up. <laughs> That's why we need Jesus. That's why he came. See, the central message of Easter is just this, that God loves us, and because of Christ, we can be forgiven. He came for one reason. Christ suffered for our sins once and for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. It says in 1 Peter 3.18. See, that's the central purpose, point of Easter, is that God gave himself for you and for me. He sacrificed himself. He went through all that pain, all that heartache, all that struggle, for you because he loves you and he cares about you and he's showing it to you each and every day you draw breath. Jesus is showing his goodness to you. But he didn't stay dead. It didn't take. It took for a couple days, but that was about it. He was raised to life. And he lives today you can seek him, that you can find him, that you can be restored by the goodness of God, that you can embrace his love and his mercy and his kindness for you. I want to stop for a moment.
you just close your eyes. Jesus, would you bring your presence? Lord, I ask that each one in this room right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would feel the love of God. Maybe you feel like no one could love you. No one wants you. That you're just not that interesting. That you're not worthwhile. Jesus says, I love you. And I care for you. And you are mine. And I am yours. And I shall be for eternity. Lord, would you just bring your presence? Would you bring a sense of your love to each and every one of us right now? Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. There's a couple of you who you're feeling the presence of God and you haven't actually felt that in a while. And God is, Jesus is calling you back into his presence. Jesus is calling you back into your relationship with him. Jesus is drawing you to him. So let him do his work. Lord, we ask that you would continue to come. You guys sense that peace in the room? You, can you feel that? That's the Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, would you show us how to give you the praise and the honor and the glory that you're due, God? Would you teach us to worship you with, Lord, complete freedom and abandon, Lord God, holding nothing back from you, giving you all that we are because you're worthy, Jesus. I want to kind of place this thought in your head as I'm wrapping up. Where would you have been on that first Palm Sunday? Imagine yourself in Jerusalem at that time. Would you have been among the disciples who welcomed him or with the skeptical crowds? It's easy to condemn those who condemned Jesus, right? I mean, you read in Scripture and you're like, uh, sometimes I'm reading about Peter. <laughs> the disciple, I'm like, Peter, why are you so stupid? Why, why are you crazy? <laughs> Peter, you're always doing crazy stuff. You're like shouting, you're yelling, you're cutting people's ears off, you're denying Jesus. Why are you so crazy? <laughs> but like, would I really be so different? I don't know that I would. Like if someone was coming after my boy Jesus, I'm going to get in the way. I'm going to get in the way. 
and it might not be pretty. <laughs> I'm not a particularly violent man, but I am super protective. Two different things. And that's how I kind of felt Peter was like, you know, he's like, no, nobody's touching my guy. It's Jesus. He's my people. But recognizing those in the crowd who are skeptical, we have to recognize that we're two sinners, right? We, as we talked about this morning, have all sinned. We've all made the wrong choices and rebelled against God. But Jesus came. He took care of it. And we can be whole. So I want you to just kind of have this in your head. We're going to enter into worship. I wanted to read this from the passage of scripture that we read again this morning. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So my encouragement to you this morning is let's make those rocks crying out unnecessary this morning. Let's worship God with all that we have and all that you are. Let's, yeah, if I could get the worship team to come up. Let's recognize God's goodness in our lives and truly worship him. Um, I want to encourage everybody, if you would go ahead and stand as we begin worship. If at some point you feel like God's telling you to sit down and meditate on something, you go for that. But just starting off worship, if you would stand and join me. And we're going to, I'm going to pop back to the soundboard here and... Um, Get going.
this morning as it came to my mind I'm reminded that you know we, we don't have open heart surgery without making an appointment you know you have to go in and have schedule it with the doctors and the same is for the Lord you have to invite him to make time and space and we have to not run away from it um, so I feel like the Lord is I feel like what he's saying is it's important that we take time let him come because he wants to reach his hand in on our callous hearts whether that be self-inflicted or protective or whatever might be guarding your heart keeping us from him so Jesus I just pray this week as we approach Easter and what that signifies Jesus that you went to the cross for each and every one of us. You died for our pain, Jesus. And I just pray that each and every one of us can sit this week and make an appointment with you, Jesus, to invite you and to allow you to give us the gift that you already, you already achieved on the cross, Jesus. Father God, I just pray you meet us, even if it's just a little that we have to give. That you meet us right there where we are. So let's do this. If I could have some folks who are willing to pray, um, come over in the West Sanctuary. Dave, if you could grab a few folks. Your ears are in. Um, so if I could have a few folks who are willing to pray. And if that's you, if you're somebody who just in worship through the message with what Elena just 
heart in you to give you a new heart. Um, maybe it's grown calloused. Maybe it's grown cold. And um, God wants to do a work in your heart. I would encourage you, go over, get prayer. Um, as I mentioned earlier when I was praying, I, I feel like there's some of you who God is wanting to kind of refresh your relationship to get to know you again and, and let you get to know him again and, and that might be a part of it too so i encourage you to pray we're going to continue on in worship services intending just had a holy spirit pause here so we're going to go ahead and continue back into worship i encourage you to get prayer this morning
flashes of lightning and rolls of thunder.
were singing that, I, God was giving me this picture of um, some folks in here who you need physical healing, like there's something physically going on, and like God's like anointing oil, like pouring out on you, healing you. So here's what I want to do. I'm, you're actually, I feel like you're supposed to stay where you are, and we're supposed to have folks who are willing to pray go to them. So can you raise your hand if you need like God to heal something in you physically. Over here, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so everybody who has their hand raised, if I could get my prayer team, folks who are willing to pray, go find somebody, just listen to the Holy Spirit. He's gonna tell you who to go to and come pray for these folks. And we're just, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you pour out your healing oil? Lord, pour out your anointing, Lord God. Lord, would you restore bodies be healed in the name of Jesus Christ be healed in the name of Jesus Lord pour out your healing Lord God pour out your healing Jesus pour out your healing Lord got two more over here good thank you okay yeah okay thank you all right well we're in we're not done we're just Letting God do what he's doing. So let's go ahead and we'll, we'll head back into worship.
Place your Holy Spirit. 
create in me a pure heart, oh God. Place your Holy Spirit within me. Send the Son of God. Perfect and holy, there is no one else besides you. I'm standing here before you, a lost and broken soul, and all my deeds are filled. We need you, Lord. We need your spirit. We have nothing in us, Lord, without you. No power, no strength. 
You're the one that changes us, gives us life. Yes, Lord. We cry out to you. We know that you will fill us, Lord. You promised to. <laughs> to give us a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit. Thank you, Father. So I, th I think we're going to end there. I, that feels like God's done some good work this morning on us. So uh, bless you guys. Thank you. Uh, remember, we're having a Good Friday service this Friday. Uh, if you need times and information, it's on our website. Bless you guys, and we will uh, see you soon. Kick and scream like